Hey guys, this is Kyle Krabs of Fin It to Win It. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to MyBookie. It's fast, easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season, bet with MyBookie. Did you know you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Blue wire. Rosen traded to the Dolphins. I couldn't be more excited to become a Dolphin. Rosen looking down the field, and his pass is going to be caught for the touchdown. And he running around, circling. Oh, look out! Gronkowski didn't have the angle. Touchdown! Oh, Kenyon Drake! How are you doing, folks? Welcome to another episode of Fit It to Win It. Has much changed since last week? We talked on Thursday last week. And since then, the Dolphins did not trade for Jadavion Clowney. But they did. They did trade offensive tackle Laramie Tunsil to the Houston Texans for a boatload of picks. Two first-round picks and a second-round pick, along with... Uh, Kenny Stills going to Houston as well. Kenny Stills, Laramie Tunsil, Kiko Alonso, all off this team as starters from last year's squad. Uh, The upheaval is very, very real. And the first thing that I have to do on this show is issue an apology to you, the listeners of this show, Uh, because I was wrong. I came on this show, I've been doing this since uh, the end of February, beginning of March. And throughout that entire course of time, I subscribed to the thought process that the Dolphins didn't have to quote-unquote tank. You just change your philosophy on how you build your roster. You understand you may take a few steps back in doing so and not signing free agents that are going to make you overly competitive, but uh, by and large, the, the... Asset collection in the NFL draft and being much more aware and and in tune to compensatory picks. Those kinds of changes would signify the change that we would see from these Miami Dolphins. And then, you know, that was kind of supported by uh, the the trading of Josh Rosen and thinking, oh, well, maybe we can hit get this lottery ticket to hit. And you listen to Brian Flores and Brian Flores says, you know, for the sake of the integrity of the game, no, we're not going to tank. We're not trying to tank. We're trying to get this team ready to compete and and simultaneously position ourselves for the future. And I, like an idiot, bought every word they said <laughs> because they've tipped their hand now. It's almost like the Dolphins looked at this roster. I wrote this in, a, in, a, in an article that I wrote uh, for uh, the Draft Network, which is my, my primary employer and uh, talked about the Dolphins kind of embracing the quote-unquote process, right? Trust the process, Philadelphia 76ers, the Cleveland Browns. 
and that's that's really what this comes down to. Is it felt like the trading of Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills and, and Kiko Alonso and the cuts of Tank Carradine and Nate Orchard and it felt like they were looking at this roster and said, well, shoot, we might win six games this year. And in doing the trades that they've done and the roster moves that they've done and continuing to angle this this roster to just not be good. You know, this team, that team, the team two weeks ago could have won six or seven games last year. The first time I did a full season prediction for the Dolphins, I predicted seven wins. Spoiler alert. We're going to do predictions again today, and there's not seven wins in this roster. Not anymore. And that's that's the point. So I apologize to you guys for sitting here and telling you for a few months, yeah, you know, the Dolphins, they're probably not going to be as good as they were last year, but they got better in several areas. Uh, they, they want to be competitive. They don't want to be competitive. It's never been more apparent than in what it is right now in trading Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills and Kiko Alonso and just offboarding so many guys who had great preseasons and could have been like quality contributors to a team. It's not in the cards. And that's actually backed up. Now we actually have a little bit of evidence of this. Uh, Barry Jackson, the Miami Herald, I believe it was yesterday. He put this report out. It's a lot of inside information on how the locker room feels with where the team is at right now. The Laramie Tunsil deal itself, the climate in Miami, and it's a pretty compelling read. The first thing that stands out to me from this report from Barry Jackson, uh, it's, it's on uh, MiamiHerald.com. Uh, one coach who spoke to the Dolphins about their head coaching job in January said Ross conveyed that the intent was not to win this year, and the whole objective was to be positioned to draft their quarterback of the future in 2020 and build around that player. Egg on my face, huh? If this is the plan, they're doing a very good job of, of aligning for this to materialize the way that they wanted to. They have two first-round picks this year, two second-round picks this year, two third-round picks this year, two first-round picks in 2021, and two second-round picks in 2021 as well. Thank you, Houston. I don't have a problem with trading Laramie Tunsil if this is your plan. Where I get concerned and where I have apprehension is it almost seems like this was so predetermined that like, I almost feel like we've now wasted the opportunity to see what we have in Josh Rosen. We will see Josh Rosen this year. Josh Rosen will start. He will probably start 12 games for the Dolphins this year. But no matter what Josh Rosen does, he's not going to get a fair shake at this unless he comes into 2020 and is still on the roster on 2020 and they have an open competition and say, let the best quarterback win. And if Josh Rosen wins that job, great. Two good quarterbacks is a problem the Dolphins haven't had since 1996. Bernie Kosar and Dan Marino on the roster. So... But at the same time, like, what's your value going to be for Josh Rosen? Because at this point, he's just as much of an asset as he is anything else. 
in that you can get more assets for him. So maybe that was the plan all along. I don't know. But if you decided in January 2019 that you were going to draft a quarterback in April of 2020, 15 months out, why do you waste your time with Josh Rosen? Kind of seems counterproductive. Because what happens if Josh comes in and he's good? What if Josh comes in and goes 5-7 and seven in 12 games as a starter and Miami wins five games and picks ninth? They'll have the draft capital to get up in front of somebody, but if the Cincinnati Bengals are picking one, you're not coaxing that team out of the one spot to pick two. Now you got to hope you can facilitate a deal with Arizona again. Give them your one, one of your twos, your one next year. Jump up and get Justin Herbert in the top five. But if Rosen goes five and seven with this roster, he should honestly get a look. So I, I, I'm conflicted on that front. And I'm conflicted because I'm, in my personal convictions and my own evaluation of Josh Rosen, I think he can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think he could be a good one. I don't think he's a, a transcendent talent by any means especially when you compare him to Herbert and Tagovailoa. Oh, Tua's got those intangibles down, guys. I mean, he, he's got the, the smoothness, the, the it factor, and it's such a dumb thing to say because you can't quantify it and you can't measure it in any capacity. But you look at and watch Tua play, and he makes it look easy. And that, at its core, is what scouting players and, and uh being a quarterback is all about doing things that are not easy, but making them look so routine that people will take it for granted. And then that's kind of where two is at. Josh didn't have that component to his game at UCLA. I still had a first round grade on Josh Rosen, but the two best quarterbacks that I've graded since 2015 are Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield. They both made it look easy. Tua makes it look easy. Herbert's got a phenomenal ceiling. He's got a better physical ceiling than what Tua Tagovailoa does. How does that materialize? I don't know. Dolphins will have options. I don't want to hold, I don't want to turn this whole podcast into talking about Rosen versus 2020 quarterbacks. I don't want to do that. But that's where I'm conflicted because there's a part of me that knows Watching the Josh Rosen that I watched at UCLA, there's something there that can be a starter. If you built around him, I think you could win games in the NFL if you give him the time that he needs. Dolphins are going to give him time, but they're not going to get any fruits of their labor. They're almost going to have to turn around and try and flip him quickly to maximize his value. Or keep him on the, the roster as a backup for three years and pay him the $2 million of, per year of his rookie deal that he's owed and then try and trade him in two years, three years. That's the long-term view for Josh Rosen. Now, this report from Barry Jackson had some other interesting nuggets, uh, including Kiko. Uh, Kiko wore himself out with this coaching staff because he couldn't follow directions, <laughs> apparently. Uh, 
player that was recently cut, say Kiko, got reamed out by the coaching staff in May and June because he just would not follow play calls and just freelanced everything. Uh, so I'll always remember Kiko Alonso's tenure with the Dolphins uh, as good Kiko and bad Kiko. Good Kiko was the guy that had to pick six in the final minute against the Chargers at home and won, the, won a football game. Bad Kiko is Josh Allen stuffing him into a locker week 17 last year. Bad Kiko is spearing Joe Flacco as he's sliding in the first half against the Ravens on Thursday night football. I'll miss Kiko, but I won't miss Kiko. Uh, and and the, the writing on the wall was very much here for the Dolphins in that they're going to run a ton of sub packages, nickel defense. Aguavin and Jerome Baker are your nickel linebackers, and then Minka Fitzpatrick's kind of the roamer and the prowler. Kiko is on the outs. So this was a necessary move for Kiko and also for the Dolphins. And li- listen, the guy that they got back for him from New Orleans, Vince Beagle, he played the same position that Andrew Van Ginkle played in Wisconsin's defense. And don't shoot the messenger, but Beagle was better at it than Van Ginkle was. Uh, Van Ginkle is a little bit more twitchy, a little bit more quick. Beagle, I think, has heavier hands. Beagle, I think, has a, a more stout anchor to play along the line of scrimmage, but at least based off of what I saw when... Beagle was was leaving Wisconsin and going into the NFL draft, and the Saints picked him in the fourth round. Van Giggle went in the fifth. So I like that addition. The last thing I want to get into off this Barry Jackson report before moving on to the schedule prediction on the second half of the day show. There's some feedback amongst multiple players. Eh, I don't want to say multiple players. This is also from Barry Jackson's report talking about One player who was released over the weekend said there was a lot of, quote, mental warfare from the coaches in August in terms of considerable mental and physical demands on players, and some players grew weary of what it would be like to be a Dolphin. Barry continued by saying, let's put it this way, if the players endure all this and they win, it's one thing, but if they don't, and it's likely they won't win much this year, Running to the takes-no-talent wall after any misstep in searing heat will get old fast, as will the other demands placed upon them. Please forgive me, but I don't feel sorry for the Dolphins. This is a team that's been very undisciplined for a long time. Um, They've been in the top eight in penalty yards per game over the last two years of, of Adam Gase's tenure with the Dolphins. And this team's been mediocre for a really long time. They've had four double-digit win seasons since the year 2000. And you're going to have a problem with a coach that wants to put the pedal down and really shake up the foundation of this organization? I don't feel sorry for you. And I think that's one of the reasons why you saw the Dolphins just shuttle Anybody and everybody that's, that was associated with the last year's team, out. Over 60% of this roster is new players. And when you consider they're going to have 13 picks next year, the two-year turnover for this team is going to be probably 85 90%, and it should be. 
Because if you guys are going to sit around and complain about how being a football player is too hard, then you deserve to go 7-9 and nine every year. You know, the, the good news of the feedback from the players who were cut, uh, everybody still has respect for Brian Flores. They appreciate his candidness, his honesty, his transparency, his management of the locker room. But they felt it was too hard. Hmm. Poor guys. Ultimately, I think that's why you saw this team bring a ton of young players. And the average age of this roster is under 25 years old. They are the youngest team in the NFL because they want guys that are hungry and aren't afraid of the work. And if you've been in Miami for the last six years and Adam Gase is staring at invisible bugs on the wall, Joe Philbin, totally aloof, kind of slapping his armrests as he's cutting players. It's about time things got hard in Miami because the easy ways got you seven and nine every year. Let's try something different and invest in it. And the guys that have been exposed to the old way, they're going to push back. So they want guys that they can indoctrinate. The hard way is the right way. If you do what is hard, your life will be easy. If you do what is easy, your life will be hard. They want guys who want to do what is hard so that life is easy. And too many guys are used to it being the other way around. You know what else is easy? Shaving with Harry's. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's razors and claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Harry's founders were two regular guys tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. Harry's makes quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This summer, refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Listeners of our show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know that Fin It to Win It sets you and help support the show. Also want to talk to you guys about today's other sponsor, ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Fin It to Win It listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter promo code BLUE, B-L-U-E, ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. You guys want to rip through this schedule real quick? Should be fun. Lots of L's. 
We're not eating any W's, at least not in the first month of the season. Uh, Dolphins will open at home against the Baltimore Ravens, who have a long-storied history of just whooping our butts every time we play them. These are teams trending in the opposite direction. I understand, listen, the Baltimore Ravens have some turnover. Uh, they, They lost Terrell Suggs. They lost Eric Weddle. But, at the same time, they're stocked to the brim in the front seven. They brought in Earl Thomas to play free safety. They've got a good secondary with good corners. Lamar Jackson at quarterback. They're going to look to run the football, but they're also going to be a little bit of a wild card because the Ravens um, have spent a lot of time this offseason kind of picking the brain of college coaches for spread offenses and option offenses and and really trying to uh, accentuate all of what Lamar Jackson does well and maximize and weaponize his athletic ability. So they're going to be a bit of a dark horse for the fact that you don't know what you're going to get with the Ravens. They've added a ton of team speed. Hollywood Brown is a full go for the Ravens. Uh, Miles Boykin, another wide receiver that they've added. They added Justice Hill in the backfield. Uh, Mark Ingram, they added this. all. Like They're going to run the ball, and they're going to wear you out because the Dolphins, I don't think, are going to be able to move the ball with enough consistency to prevent this, this defense from gassing out. I would expect the Ravens control the ball for over 35 minutes in this football game. And in doing so, they will wear the Dolphins out, can stay close for a while, I think the second half, the Dolphins break. You know, you might get a turnover or two, and the Ravens start on short fields. L, week one. Week two, September 15th, 1 o'clock in Miami, they play the Patriots at home. And listen, they're wearing these sick throwback uniforms. I understand. They're wearing the white throwbacks for the first time against Tom Brady who they have success with, but at the same time, there's a different squad, there's a young squad, don't care. L, 0-2 to start the season for the Dolphins. Before going to Dallas, I'll be at this game, looking forward to it, going to Dallas and playing the Cowboys. Cowboys are one of the best rosters in football, top to bottom. Spoiler alert, Dolphins ain't winning a road game in Dallas either. 0-3. None of that has really changed versus what my predictions were two months ago. Now that we have the final roster, obviously some dynamics have changed. This next game is a game that I thought the Dolphins could have won two months ago. The LA Chargers, who have not won in Miami since like 1982... Coming across the country, that includes the San Diego Chargers too, by the way. That's not just L.A., like not being smart aleck there. Uh, The L.A. Chargers coming across the country to play a 1 o'clock East Coast game in Miami with South Florida Heat in September. If you asked me two weeks ago, I might pick the Dolphins to win this game. If you asked me this time last week when Laramie Tunsil was still on the roster, I might pick the Dolphins to win this game. But not anymore. Not without Laramie Tunsil in the offensive line because you've got Nick Bosa and Melvin Ingram rushing the passer for the Chargers. Offensively, even without Melvin Gordon, oh, Phillip Rivers is still there. They have dynamic receivers in Mike Williams from Clemson and Keenan Allen on the outside. 
Hunter Henry's back healthy at tight end, to much to the surprise of Stephen A. Smith this year. Uh, the passing game, I, I think the Dolphins will not be able to disrupt Phillip Rivers to the degree in which the Chargers will most certainly be able to disrupt the Dolphins quarterbacks. I think that's the difference maker now without Laramie Tunsil on the roster. Chargers win that game. Dolphins going to the bye 0-4. Is this where we'll see the Josh Rosen insertion? Quite possibly, yes. But I have bad news. I don't think it's getting that much better. Uh, The Redskins are a team that kind of sneakily has a really tough defense. And I don't think, even at home, coming off the bye, uh, you know what? Yeah, give me a win here. I think, I think you'll get a little bit of an excitement. We'll come out of the bye. We'll be energized. And listen, the Dolphins need this one. They're starting 0-4, and their next two games are on the road against the Bills and Steelers. Spoiler alert, they're going to lose both those football games. Miami in Buffalo against a team in Buffalo that still needs to figure out exactly what they have at quarterback Josh Allen. But the Dolphins don't have the pass rush to really stress him and strain him and trick him into you know, some bad decisions. They're going to have to manufacture against the, and bring the blitz. But um, they're really physical up front. They got Ed Oliver now to go with Jerry Hughes. Um, penetration guy inside, penetration guy outside. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker for them, middle linebacker, is going to take a huge step forward this year. I think that's a tough draw in... Orchard Park, uh, give me a loss there against the Bills. And then Monday Night Football, like, of course, you're going to put us on Monday Night Football against one of the best primetime teams, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who obviously lost Antonio Brown, but their defense looks good. They added Devin Bush in this year's NFL draft with a top 10 pick. They traded up to get him. They still have Juju Smith-Schuster, still have James Conner, still have Ben Roethlisberger, in Pittsburgh on primetime, Dolphins play terrible on primetime, Steelers win. Then we have the first of two games against Adam Gase. At this point, the Dolphins are 1-6. I got bad news. The Jets are a better football team than the Miami Dolphins this year. And that's exactly what Adam Gase wanted. Now here's the bad news for the Jets. Good news for the Dolphins. I don't know what the ceiling is with the Jets considering the heavy investments that this team has already made. You know, they already invested heavily in uh, Le'Veon Bell. They invested heavily in C.J. Mosley. They have a rookie quarterback in Sam, or a a second-year quarterback in Sam Darnold who really turned it on for six games. Adam Gase can help him be a better version of himself. But will Adam Gase's coaching tendencies and bad habits materialize? I don't know. But I, I don't. I think especially this year with the Dolphins' current situation, I don't see the matchups in the division going well. Give me the Jets to win in Miami. And then we have to go to Indianapolis and play the Colts. This is a winnable football game with the exception of the Colts just have one of the best rosters in the AFC minus quarterback now that Andrew Luck's retired. Dolphins played them well last year. The Colts will obviously be regressing. But in Indianapolis, I think, is the big difference maker. Give me the Colts. So the Dolphins, to this point, are 1-8. Their lone win coming against Washington. Bills, at home, 
mid-November. Buffalo's going to be cold. Miami's going to be hot still. I actually think you can give the Dolphins a win here, stealing one against the Bills. I gave the Bills the benefit of the doubt in Buffalo. Buffalo is, or Josh Allen is, you know, too irregular still. We, we need to see what he looks like uh, this year, but was prone to a lot of turnovers. Uh, I think, you know, maybe you see this Bills team come down, they get a little bit sloppy, uh, some more mental errors and, and mistakes because of the heat in Miami fatigue setting in. Uh, give me the Dolphins to win that game to move to 2-10, and 10, or 2-8. and eight. And they'll be 2-10 and 10 here in a second because they play in Cleveland and then they host the Eagles. Those are two Super Bowl contending teams. If they are Super Bowl contending teams like we think they are, they do not lose to the Miami Dolphins this year. 2-10. and 10. Then they have to go to New York back-to-back weeks, play the Jets and Giants. I've already said the Jets. I think they're a better football team than the Dolphins this year based on the moves, the roster moves the Dolphins have made. So let's make it 2-11. and 11. At the Giants. I could see this being a winnable football game. But it's in New York. Give me the Giants to win that football game in New York, to move to 2-12. and 12. But then the Dolphins host the Bengals. Mid-December. Guess what? It's going to be cold in Cincinnati, too. Coming down December, playing in Miami. The Bengals are not a good football team. Give me a win there to go 3-12, and and then a loss in New England Week 17 to go 3-13. and Hopefully that win late December Week 16 against the Bengals does not cost the Dolphins the number one overall pick and to attack of Iowa. Thanks for listening to Fin It to Win It. It's going to be a long year, but we got your back. Don't worry. Come back. See us again soon. Hit subscribe on Fin It to Win It. I'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Dolphins.